Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. This is episode 26. Today is July 31st at time of recording. Got a nice podcast here today, getting set for the NHL resumption to play. We had some exhibition games start earlier this week. That was good to see, um, but we will be getting some meaningful hockey going on this weekend. So that's really exciting. It should be going on now while you are in progress of listening to this podcast. So that's really nice. But with that, excited to introduce my awesome co-host as always. Donnie, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, just living the dream. Um, you know, we're, we're grinding out here. We're having a good day. Uh, the Dodgers are on right now. So, you know, just, just a little bit, uh, keep peeking over a little bit. But other than that, you know, we're doing great. How are you doing today? That's the real question. Oh, I'm doing really well, you know, today, end of July. So we're, this was kind of the time frame that we were waiting for quite a while this summer, uh, as we should be getting a lot of sports going on at the same time. So that's really nice. We had the NBA comeback. Uh, just yesterday as well. So I guess we can start there. We we saw a pretty good game. Obviously, your LA Lakers, Donnie, they were able to come out with the win over the LA Clippers. Those games have just been awesome this year. Obviously, so much star power. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, The those Battle of the LAs have been awesome. Obviously, now it's going on in Orlando, but uh, that was a really fun game to watch. So uh, what were some of your thoughts from that game that we saw last night? Uh, I mean, it's like, it, it makes you nervous watching games like that, um, especially when you, your team uh, is... They need, you know, like they need the seating so bad. Um, you don't want to end up facing one of the teams like let's let's say a team like the Pelicans happened to make a run and ended up with like the seven seed or something like that. You wouldn't really want to face the Pelicans. Um, I don't know Zion, healthy Zion scares me. I don't know. I know he's still a rookie and everything, but yeah, but yeah, last night was huge. Um, obviously, I think everybody has seen the clips of the end of the game. Um, we had LeBron James masterclass in the last fifteen or twenty seconds, which is just huge. Um, but other than that, you know, it was, it was really good, really good game. Probably the best game we'll see of the seeding games. Um, I, I can't imagine that the game's going to be that close all game. I think they never reached more than 12 or 13 points either way. Uh, the Clippers had a lead late. The Lakers, uh, played great, uh, for, for large chunks of the game. And, you know, LeBron had a tough first half. Um, but yeah, everything came together and the end of the game was fantastic. The last three or four minutes of the game, that's playoff basketball for you. That's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, that was good stuff. Really well played game. Uh, out there in Orlando, as we've been talking about. So uh, maybe well, that's a Western Conference Final preview. I think those are uh, probably the two teams that I like the most uh, in the West. So uh, that was definitely interesting and a good game to watch. But I uh, just wanted to touch on that from the NBA. We can now move on to some news that we heard in the MLB this week before we get into more of our NHL preview this week. So uh, we had some unfortunate news that came out today uh, at time of recording this Friday that the St. Louis Cardinals had two players test positive. So their series with the Milwaukee Brewers has been put on pause. Obviously, earlier this week, we found out about the Florida Marlins as well, which that has now impacted the Philadelphia Phillies, who were playing the Florida Marlins while that was going on. So uh, a little bit of chaos going on in the MLB. Still a lot of games going on, obviously, but the MLB not having a bubble, having everybody play in their own stadiums, it seems like that has already started to come back to bite them, at least a little bit early on. But uh, yeah, Donnie, so two, two Cardinals players test positive. Their game's put on pause. But uh, what did you think about all that? You know, as expected, uh, the return does not come smoothly. Uh, you know, it, it's it's what we expected when teams rejected like the the full bubble. Nobody's really quarantining. It's kind of just like you know they show up to the ballpark like they would normally. Uh, they go home obviously they're taking tests and everything. But I mean, to to be fair, it's like this is what you would have expected. I think this this is this is it's very fair to have expected uh, exactly what we got. 
so far. Obviously, the Marlins have like 19 players and, and staff members. The Cardinals having issues. The Phillies having issues. You know, it's like we've already seen like like maybe a dozen canceled games, half a dozen canceled games already. Um, I expect this to be a lot of the norm. I think you'd probably agree with me. I think this is the normal, what we're going to be seeing the rest of the year. Um, regardless, um, you know, of what happens, I think the season especially is, um, I don't think it's as in danger as people think it is. I don't think they're going to cancel the season randomly. If they started it, they're going to finish it. Um, it just, it just doesn't seem realistic to me to where they would cancel it. However, they need teams to step up and really police their players a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It, it's shocking to me really that it happened this early. I didn't think it would be this week. I didn't think, I think we would have went at least two or three weeks before something would have happened. Like I'm, I'm shocked at three days into the season, we already have a team with a dozen COVID cases. I think that's wild to me. Yeah, obviously very unfortunate news. You hope that it doesn't spread even worse, but obviously that's still uh, a possibility. So uh, definitely things and interesting to follow there. But uh, some of the other interesting things that have gone on in the MLB, they were able to confirm that later in the season we could get double headers, which are two seven inning games. So obviously that's never happened before in the history of baseball that they're just like, you know what, we've done nine innings for the history of baseball. Bam, we're doing seven innings because of COVID now. So that was kind of a funny decision. And then as well, the Toronto Blue Jays, there was obviously a lot of noise that they were unable to play in Toronto because the Canadian government was uneasy with them traveling back and forth from the U.S. so often. So the Jays were kind of scrambling. They could play in Pittsburgh. They could play in Baltimore. They were could play in Buffalo. There were a few different options, but their first home series of the year was actually in Washington. They played the Nationals um, this past week in Washington. So uh, even though the Blue Jays were, were listed the home team, so that was just kind of a funny event. But yeah, what did you think on some of that, Donnie? I mean, everything's so strange. It's like, I have a question for you before I get into any, any of this. Do you feel like the, the how the play has been? Do you think the quality of play is at a level to where we're, we're good, like this is going to be a good season? Or do you think they're a little bit lackluster? Do you think we've seen a little bit less quality than what we were expecting? What do you think? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And it's, it's hard to answer that because I really, I didn't know what to expect. You know, if we're comparing what we've seen so far uh, in the week or so that we've had baseball, I just, I just didn't have any expectations. It's kind of like how I feel for the NHL that we'll dive into in a little bit. But it's just, we didn't have sports for such an extended period of time. It, obviously, it's never happened before that um, we've had a 60-game season and baseball started in the middle of summer. So I, I just don't know what I really expected. I would say after seeing a week of games go by so far, I think it's pretty much the same. Like, obviously, it seems like there's going to be some rust when it comes to, like, defensive play or pitchers hitting their spots. But overall, I would say the quality of play that you brought up there, I would say it's probably about on par with what I expected. But uh, what did you think on that? Yeah, the only thing that I can really tell is pitchers can't go as far in games. So that means there's going to be more guys out of the bullpen that probably aren't as good. Um and we, we've seen all these teams have rookies throwing out of the pen. Some of these rookies are the first guy out of their team's pen, and that's not necessarily ideal. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've seen in terms of quality, what you expect, is just having a bad bullpen. Some of these teams just have bad bullpens, and there's a lot of bad bullpens, especially with the extended, um, you know, how everything is laid out to where you have 30 players in your roster. Most of them are bullpen guys. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like it's been kind of um, – the late game, the, the, it's much less, you know – guaranteed that your team is going to end up winning the game um if, if you have like a solid lead obviously you can attest with craig kimbrell um the other day so that, that was a fun time for you i'm sure yeah obviously talking about the cubs reds game uh last weekend kimbrell unable to get the save but they brought in jeremy jeffers to close it out so uh that was fortunate for the cubs there but uh yeah no as you said obviously we have expanded rosters as well so that kind of adds to managers decisions as it relates to their bullpen but 
it is really interesting because there have been a few examples of pitchers who have gone deeper into games. That's kind of what uh, I know we talked about on our couple of podcasts with Josh last week, that there is potential for some elite pitchers to go deeper in games. But as you mentioned, a lot of the, the situations, how it's played out so far is pitchers, starting pitchers at least, have gone shorter into games. I mean, we're definitely not seeing as many pitchers go a full five, a full six innings because teams have expanded bullpens and it's a shorter season and they're going into their bullpens quicker, uh, as you talked about. So that is definitely one of the changes that I've noticed as well uh, so far earlier in the season. Yeah, it's like we saw Walker Bueller, who usually goes at least you get 85, 90 pitches out of him. He went three and a, three and change the other day. Um, obviously, it's his first start. I don't, I don't know exactly what you're expecting out of a guy like that um, in his first start. I, that's, that's the one thing that you really just – I don't think anybody really had expectations – and um, I just think that the biggest thing, more or less, is we're going to see a lot of injuries. We've already seen a lot of injuries. We talked about last week. Um, there's plenty of players that have already been placed on the injured list or reserve list or whatever you're calling it um, from from injuries that have stemmed from months in the past. It's like, you know, Verlander, obviously still injured. We have no idea what's going on with him. Um, Corey Kluber could miss the entire year uh, if his injuries linger. You really never know. Clayton Kershaw uh, will be making his first start Sunday. He's supposed to start opening day. And um, I don't know, it just not having that extended period to, you know, just like, you know, shake off the rust and stretch out your body and everything really hurt everybody, I think. Honestly, you can say there's not really a team that has been like totally, I, I don't know, like in sync yet. It's like, we you know, we've seen the Yankees drop games, the Dodgers have dropped games, the Astros look pr- pretty poor against the Dodgers, although the second game was uh, it was a barn burner in the like 13th inning. Um, but yeah, it's like we've seen, I, I don't. I don't know exactly if this is like exactly what you expected, but it's got to be as close to possible in terms of like the expectation that we had coming to the year on, on what they had like two weeks of time to get ready. Not even two weeks. Yeah, definitely interesting there, uh, especially as it relates to injuries. I mean, we're definitely going to see that. Fortunately, I mean, as we mentioned, there's only been two teams that have been COVID related injuries so far. We uh, should be getting Juan Soto back shortly as well. Uh, some players come back to world of Chapman as well from COVID, but yeah, I mean, it, the fact that some of these players, they're just hopping in, right? Regular season, as you mentioned, only a few weeks to get ready. So um, that's definitely interesting as well. But um, yeah, that's what we've kind of seen so far in the first week of baseball. Um, I know the entire offseason, we were talking about how baseball was always in the worst spot, and we were unsure if they were going to come back at all for so long, we were talking about. And uh, it just seems like a lot of the things that are going on there are uh, going poorly. So I mean, we'll enjoy baseball for as long as we got it here. But uh, we got about a week in so far, and uh, two teams week. have been impacted like, directly. Uh, I do COVID, think so. we, we were correct with the analysis. The MLB is still in the worst position of the uh, the three leagues that are trying to get back uh, going right now. Obviously, the NFL is um, they have their own issues, but uh, they also have the luxury of time. Um, but yeah, I, I think you and I both agree that the MLB is in just the worst possible. Um, in terms of the uh, the other two leagues that are, that are about to start back up, I think the MLB is still in the worst possible position. And you know, it's like if they're talking about potentially shutting the league down, um, Manfred told the, the uh, players' association today. You know, it's like that's that uh, makes you a little nervous. Obviously, I don't think I think it's more of a bargaining chip than anything. But you know, it's like they really are just in in a worse spot than even I think we may have spot uh, thought about in the first place. Honestly, yeah, a lot of interesting decisions. Obviously, they only finalized their expanded playoffs right before the season started they changed the double header rule that i just mentioned a little bit a bit ago mid-season so you wonder there's just a lot of uncertainty going on with baseball rob manfred's taking a lot of heat as well i kind of feel like if they really want to fully save the season are they able to fully pivot like right now and set up a bubble i don't know but it just seems like that may be 
what ends up going. So uh, a lot of uncertainty in baseball, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on some of those points there. We can move on to the main exciting point of this podcast that we have for you, obviously highlighting the NHL. Donnie and I, super excited for that. I've got my Jonathan Taves jersey on right now, hype for the Blackhawks to come back tomorrow. Yeah, Donnie repping Hank, so love to see it. But uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to share a few thoughts on the NHL. I know we've gone back a, pa- a couple of podcasts and broke down every series and some of the awards and a lot of things related to the NHL coming back. But um, obviously, season's starting right now, so Donnie and I can throw out some opinions of ours. We broke down our cup picks uh, in our last podcast with Josh as well. So uh, a lot of thoughts going on in the NHL. But yeah, Donnie, obviously, season coming back. It'll be going on right now for you as you're listening to this. So uh, just give me some general thoughts on how you're feeling going into the season. Obviously, Rangers as well included in that. Uh, first off, I do not take any – I don't put any stock in the, uh, the exhibition games. I don't think they matter. I really don't. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people going insane. Like I saw a couple of Flyers fans on Twitter talking about how, um, you know, if they can be Penguins, they can beat anybody. Obviously, it's a, it's a preseason game. They won in overtime. Uh, congrats. I also saw a lot of people panicking about their teams getting, um, getting pissed on, like the Blues. Um, you know, you lose one game, one exhibition game that doesn't matter, and everybody goes gets all nervous, especially when you haven't played um, in 120 days. You know, it's, I just I, I can't buy into that. Um, but yeah, having the actual qualifiers start uh, right now, we're recording. It's 8:46 Mountain Time, 9:46 Central Time, where RK is. Um, but yeah, I just, the games start in 12, uh, 13 and a half hours. Um, it's when the Rangers play first, and I think it's uh, it's exciting to finally have it back. Um, I'm curious to see, I think this year, my thought process is game one matters more this year than it's ever mattered before. And it'll ever matter. Um, you know, in such a small series game one, especially when you don't know how teams are going to come out. Um, if you come out fast and you come out strong and you come out aggressive and you play good hockey game one, that should give you, um, all the leverage in the world. Cause it's like the home ice doesn't matter. Um, I, at this point you just, I think game one gives you just such a huge step in advance to where you can be confident going into game two. So it's like if you're a team that's an underdog and you lose game one, are you really confident you're going to win the series still? I think it's going to be tough for some of these teams to come back if they lose game one, honestly. Especially given the fact that it's a shorter series. Obviously, when uh, we're used to at least some kind of playoff format, we're talking about best of seven. But no, these series, they're best of five. So uh, if you lose game one, you got to win three of the next four. So immediately you're added pressure uh, onto your entire situation. So uh, a lot of interesting things there. I know Donnie and I have kind of shared our thoughts that hey, man, we really have no idea what's going on. I feel like this is probably the most unpredictable, like, year of sports ever. Like, if you if you act like feel like you have a strong prediction for something, you could be 100% wrong and have no idea what you're talking about very easily going on this year. So a lot of strange things. But um, we did get a good amount of questions as it relates to the NHL, so we'll dive into that. But before we do that, I just want to share uh, a few things on the NHL, just kind of some general thoughts I have. There's three teams that I kind of picked out here um, that I feel like I, I would – feel strongly in them having success in the restart. Uh, I'll share a few thoughts on each of these three teams. But um, yeah, obviously my big disclaimer is I really have no idea what's going on either, but it's just kind of my hunch. So first team I like, I know we got uh, a question about them later, but I'll share here as is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Obviously they being the five seed uh, in the qualifying round, taking on the Montreal Canadiens. I do expect them to get past the Canadiens and make some noise in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously you have so much playoff experience there with Crosby, with Malkin. Um, I feel like Pittsburgh should be in a pretty good spot to have some success this year. I like them even better than some of the other teams in the East who uh, are not in the qualifying round. I like them better than the Flyers coming back. I know the Flyers were hot when the season ended, but uh, I feel like Pittsburgh has the edge there for me at least. So that's a team I definitely like. 
Tampa Bay, I know this is the team that Donnie picked to win the Cup, but, I mean, Tampa Bay is just still so stacked. They just have so much skill. Obviously, right at the top, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov. Great defense as well. So much depth on that team as well. I think that's a big part of it. When I really think about the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think so much about depth scoring and defense. Um, I think those are two of the big areas, and I think Tampa has that really well. So should expect another big year from Tampa. Obviously, they haven't got quite to that cup level yet, but uh, I do think they're in a good spot. And then, obviously, the team that I picked to win the Stanley Cup in the Western Conference, Colorado Avalanche. I just feel like they just have so much skill as well, such a young core. I could see them uh, really having a nice year as well. Good, Some good defensemen on that team as well. Kale McCarr, obviously, uh, leading the way there. So just wanted to highlight those three teams that uh, I feel strongly about going into the uh, qualifying and restart of play. But um, yeah, I mean, just kind of wanted to get those across before anything happens. So if they do good, I can claim credit. Yeah, I figure it, it's only fair for me to throw out some teams too. So uh, teams that I think will at least uh, advance somewhere in the playoffs. I'll go with the Nashville Predators as number one. Uh, Nick Schmaltz got hurt last night. So that, that's that's all I got for you. I just The, the Yotes are so weak as, as a roster in general that it's like you don't really expect much. And they'll need big goaltending. It's like, can you rely on Kemper or Ronta or whoever the hell they throw out there to make saves? Um, you know, usually they're pretty good, but, you know, playoff hockey is different, especially in a weird year. It's like we can see some teams be absolutely just, just abysmal, maybe. Um, obviously, I will agree with you on the Colorado Avalanche. It's like, I, I you know, as you can see in the background here, you know, I've got the uh, I've, I've got some Av stuff in my background as well as a Rangers uh, clock on my wall there. Um, two teams that I think could make deep runs. First off of the Avalanche, obviously, um, Nathan McKinnon, top three player in hockey right now. Not even really a question with that. Um, some very strong depth scoring, like guys like Burakovsky. Uh, having Miko Ritten and Gabriel Landeskog healthy for now uh, is very helpful. Um, and, and goaltending, it's like I think Grubauer is probably somewhere in the middle of the goalie tiers in terms of who's left in the playoffs. Um, you know, probably not going to be up there with, with the elites like Vasilevsky. But he's not going to be down there with Mrazek and all them. Um, and finally, you know, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to take the Rangers because I think they can win their first series at the very least. Um, it's going to be a, a neutral zone battle, I think. There will be a lot of random shots from the Hurricanes, which we're used to. Um, I, th I think the Rangers are leaning to playing Shostyorkin, which is interesting considering he's a rookie and Hank has been um, Hank's been the goalie of the, of the playoffs for the last 15 years for them. Um, but I think that's a really interesting storyline. It's like I think Hank has, has kind of developed a thought to just be happy where he is and happy to be here. Um, which is good, and I, you know, it's like we'll see what happens in the future. Necessarily, uh, not necessarily guaranteeing that he's going to be there or anything, but um, I, I think the Rangers could definitely win this series. And then uh, matching up against other teams, it's like you have so much, as you said before, depth scoring guys like Mika and Panarin up top, and then you have random guys like Philip Hedl who can come up and take over a game if he wants to. Obviously, it hasn't happened as much as um, you'd like, but he's still very young. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a really interesting thing to think about with the Rangers is. They have two of the most dangerous uh, offensive creation players in the league um, in terms of Mika and Panarin. And having guys like that can take your team a long way. Obviously, we've seen teams like Tampa fail in the past with, with teams um, like Columbus just out wanting it, wanting it more than them. But I could really see the Rangers, uh, you know, obviously I think it might be me talking myself into it, but I could really see the Rangers actually doing something, either, or at least winning the first series. Like, I don't think that's out of the question at this point. Yeah, I'll, I'll back you up on the Rangers there. Obviously, I feel like their defense is kind of the area that you really have some pause with the Rangers, but 
I do really like their forward core. Obviously, Artemi Panarin, a heart-caliber season this year. Mika Zibanejad really establishing himself as a top center, at least first-line caliber. So I definitely liked what I saw from the Rangers, obviously paying Kreider as well. I'm sure Kreider was fired up to get paid before uh, this mess kind of happened. So uh, I definitely could see it with the Rangers as well, and I don't think Carolina is a team that, you know, I would see easily beating the Rangers. I expect that to be a pretty good series as well. So um, I thought you had some good points there. But with that, we got a good amount of questions this week, as we do every single week. So big thank you to everybody who has a question, as always. But we'll start with mostly NHL questions to start here. Uh, obviously, we're very excited for this. So first question here. I know we talked a little bit about the Tampa Bay Lightning here in our preview. But uh, first question comes from my friend Ian. He says, how long until Tampa chokes this year? So uh, I know I just alluded to the fact that Tampa hasn't got their cup yet. And it seems like they always get bounced uh, earlier than expected last year, obviously, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. But yeah, Donnie, I know Tampa is a team that you feel very strongly about. So uh, let's hear some more thoughts about that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we, we could see Tampa choke very early. You know, they have qualifying games to, to give themselves uh, seeding in, in the second round and beyond. And I think we'll know very quickly how good some of these teams are. Um, you know, it's like a team like, for example, the Flyers out east. They really could go off and just absolutely dominate whoever they want to. I think they've proven time and time again they have a team like that. And that's a team the Lightning could very well struggle with. It's like um, you're going to expect a lot out of your defensemen. And it's like people have had concerns about certain defensemen on the Lightning not being as uh, defensively sound like Sergachev and Shattenkirk, both guys that are, are more offensively gifted than anything. Um, that's a slight issue i'd say maybe not like a huge problem if your biggest issue is shattenkirk and sergachev on defense you're not really having that big of a problem um but yeah hockey is such a random game there's so so much goes on so much can happen and i wouldn't necessarily be comfortable if i'm a lightning fan knowing you know um if we lose a game or two we could have a, a very 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 difficult first round matchup it's like we've seen a lot of teams there, there's teams like toronto and pittsburgh there that could give tampa or anybody who they play a tough time in the playoffs regardless of who they uh, end up matching so i think it really depends on how they do in their their like seeding games qualifying seeding games whatever you call them um i think that's that's the most important part of the season for them right now it's cuz tampa's going to want to walk through some teams they're going to want to have um, if you get the easiest matchup in the first round, you're going to have a little bit more uh, of a fun time moving forward, I think. Um, especially just considering, I, I don't, these guys haven't played for a while, and I don't know how in-game shape they are. Like, the other night when I was watching the Rangers and Islanders, I thought it was the most like boring hockey game I've ever seen. Obviously, it's an exhibition game, and I'm excited for them to be back. But a lot of sluggish hockey, a lot of bad penalties, a lot of mistakes, and that's not really playoff hockey. That's not what we expect out of playoff hockey. We expect playoff hockey to be like, the, the best of the best, I think. And I, I don't think we are going to get that necessarily. Yeah, good analysis there as it comes to Tampa. Obviously, I mean, it, it seems like I would project that Tampa should at least be able to get um, to the second or third round of the playoffs. I feel like they are just like a step above a lot of those other teams, um, even that they could play in the first round. Like, I still think they're a lot better of a team than, say, the Maple Leafs, uh, uh, for example. So I like Tampa. As I mentioned, they were one of the three teams that I highlighted that um, I think could have a deep run this year. So um, I like what I've seen from the Lightning, but yeah, I mean, we always have that that potential for them to choke. So, uh, and you mentioned the defense as well, but just a lot of depth in that defense. Obviously, they added Zach Bogosian as well on a cheap deal. Luke Shen, Mikhail Sergachev, Jan Ruda. It just seems like they have a lot of games and uh, depth there in the defense, which is going to be very important. Obviously, as depth, as we've mentioned, we feel like um, we have a lot of value on that. So, um, those are a lot of our thoughts as it relates to Tampa. So, thank you for that question, Ian. But uh, I know, obviously, Ian is a Winnipeg Jets fan. So, good luck to them as well. Appreciate that. 
We'll go next question here. A couple questions from our friend Neil. He says, who y'all got in each series? So I know we've touched on this now for a little bit, but I'll kind of just whip through it here. Uh, each series and then Donnie can as well. So Calgary, Winnipeg. I'll go with Winnipeg in that one. Edmonton, Chicago. I'm going with Edmonton. I'm not very high on the Blackhawks, as I've mentioned on this pod. Uh, Vancouver, Minnesota. I'm going to go with Vancouver. Arizona, Nashville. I know Donnie was talking about how he feels strongly about the Predators. I'm in agreement with that. I think they'll get past the Coyotes, obviously losing John Jake as well. So kind of a disaster for the Oats, but um, that's what I'm picking in the West. As for the East, I'll take Toronto over Columbus. As I mentioned, I like Pittsburgh, so I'm taking them over Montreal. I'm going to go with the Islanders over the Panthers, and I'm going to go with the Rangers over the Hurricanes. So that's what I got for me series. Let's hear about yours, Donnie. You know, I think I agree with you all the way around, honestly. I think that's like a total... I really you got to change one. We can't. We can't have a hundred percent every single series the same time. Uh, if I if I had to change one, I'm gonna be super biased and say that the Islanders are gonna lose in the first round. That's that's what I'm gonna say. I'll say the Panthers are gonna come up. Bobrovsky's gonna have a 9.42 save percentage and give up six goals in the entire series. Um, you know, there, there you go. There's my. Right, I'll there's take my it. One I actually saw the uh, a little bit about. I heard about the Islanders today that if they if the Islanders the worst situation for them actually is to beat the Panthers and then lose in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs because if that situation happens, then obviously they lost. They they got past the Panthers, so they have no shot to get Alexis Lafreniere, the top pick. And if they lose in the first round, then their first round pick goes to Ottawa for the JG Pajot trade. So that is definitely a situation I could see for the Islanders, and it's literally the worst situation that could happen for them. So uh, kind of a funny situation there. There, but I uh, just wanted to say that out for the Islanders. So there you go. Donnie and I are seeing things pretty similar, but we're, we're, we're different on the on the Islanders and Panthers. So there we go. Well, that's where our bragging rights will come for that one. So uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> Neil also says, what would be the worst situation for each playoff team? So that'd be a lot. But Donnie, just give me one or two examples of a situation that you think would just be disastrous for a team. We'll say excluding their entire team testing positive for COVID. Let's, let's talk about hockey here. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one team that, is so reliant on a player. I'd say, like, let's say Carey Price is either bad or gets hurt. Montreal has no shot to beat anybody without Carey Price. They probably don't have a shot to beat anybody with Carey Price. Um, but let's say a team like Montreal, who is very reliant on their goaltending, doesn't have much scoring. They have some depth guys, but it's not like, uh, as we've talked about this on the podcast like 17 times before, uh, they have four lines of the same player. Some are just a little bit better at being the same player than others. It's just it's how it's going to be. It's how Montreal is. It's, it's how they build their team. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say the one big thing there would be for a team like Montreal, who doesn't really have an, a, a strong backup goalie, or at least a Carey Price-esque backup goalie, to lose their goalie, or for Carey Price to just stink, have a stinker. Like, I think it's there's potential there. We haven't seen Carey Price be on the level that we were looking for for the last three or four years. Obviously, I think the Canadians are a half-decent team. They could put up a fight if they had Carey Price there, but without Carey Price, I don't think they would have a single chance to do anything, really. I think... They might lose three to four, uh, three or four goals every night by three or four goals. I, I don't know. Like I could see them getting blown out consistently without Carey Price. It's not like it was a couple of years ago when they lost Price and Tokarski came in and looked good. It's like this is this is a team that just not on that level. Honestly. Yeah, good points there. I would say worst case scenario for me. I just mentioned the shitty situation for the Islanders if they are to beat the Panthers and lose in the first round uh, of the Cup final, then losing their first round pick. So I'll say that for a team in the East and then in the West. I think when I look at this, I see. The Dallas Stars, who are placed in the top four, they're in the four spot in the West, not playing in the qualifying round, but playing in the round robin. I think when I look at the Dallas Stars, I see a team that has a lot of veteran presence, which was actually something that I liked going into the playoffs before we got this restart. But I feel like there is a good chance that 
Um, some of the more veteran players, like their legs aren't under them as much, and it's harder for them to kind of restart. Obviously, the middle of summer, they're not used to playing hockey right now. Obviously, the season normally ends in early June, if you even get that far for the cup final. So I feel like some of the older players for Dallas, like Corey Perry, uh, even Jamie Benn is, is a little bit older now. Um, Joe Pavelski as well. I feel like some of those players, I feel like they could be more hurt from the situation of the restart. So um, I feel like a worst case scenario for Dallas would just be them just get completely outskated by a team um, that they match up with. Maybe it's like Nashville uh, or say Vancouver, who has a lot of young players as well. So I think that could kind of be a tough spot for Dallas. So uh, I'll touch on that for those two players. So good question again from Neil. And then his last one, he wants us to talk about some top performers. He says top score in the playoffs, best defenseman, best goalie, dark horse player. But Donnie, just give me a few guys that you think uh, are going to really show up uh, here when we get play started back up. You know, I, I think that's interesting more than anything. I think we could see players like Andre Burakovsky from the Avalanche who had some really, really good stretches during the year. If he gets, if he's involved in the power play, um, or he gets ice time with McKinnon, guys like that, we could see him absolutely like just to pull up. I think he had stretches this year where he was almost point per game for for a dozen or more games. I think that's huge, uh, especially out of a guy like that who hasn't really that, that's his potential, but he hasn't really hit it yet, especially because of usage more than anything. Um, I, it's a little bit iffy for me to pick a defenseman who's going to turn up because I think honestly. Um, at this point, I think it's going to be primarily offensive scoring. I think it's going to be primarily forwards doing most of the offensive, uh, pulling most of the offensive weight here. I do think that's what that's what's going to end up happening, especially because like we're on a shortened, a shortened-ish break now. Um, you know, it's like we, we they've had three months. Uh, it's not the longest break in the world. It's not not too short. It's like a summertime for them. Um, a lot of these guys, we see a lot of times these guys come back and are very, very slow and very, very sluggish. So I think we'll see more defensemen play maybe a little bit safer, not step up in plays, not make as many mistakes or, or you know, 50-50 pucks. Um, I just think that's that's the fair thing to do. That's the smart thing to do. I think that's how the coaching will go. Um, if I had to pick a defenseman who would, uh, you know, put up uh, some big numbers, I'd pick a guy like John Carlson who uh, should be a Norris favorite this year. I think he finished in the, he's one of the finalists. Um, John Carlson been doing it for a long time having his best year uh ever i think this is, is a career year for him um by a significant amount honestly uh if you had to pick a guy like that it would have to be a veteran somebody who's been around um and obviously the capitals you know they do the same thing over and over anyway so it's not like there's much change from them it's like the other night when they were playing an exhibition game i saw Ovi uh from the circle score it's like this is what you expect this is exactly what you would expect out of the uh, um a team like the capitals uh, in terms of goaltenders i'll go with connor hellebuck i think he has shown maybe not that he can take over games, but he can take over games. Like he, he's one of those guys that can make a, a massive difference whenever he's on the ice, regardless of what happens. I don't think Winnipeg's very good uh, in terms of stopping pucks, getting towards the net, but I think Hellebuck's very good at belling them out. He's he done just absolutely incredible job this year um, to put himself in that top five ish goalie conversation, which in years prior, you wouldn't have even thought about including him yet. Um, but yeah, if you had to go with guys like that, I think that those three are a good pick to, um, be at least point per game in the playoffs and maybe help their team make a deep run. Yeah, I, I, I like that analysis there. I like to pick with Andre Burakovsky. I know we've talked about the ads now for a little bit, so um, I could see that being good. I know, obviously, going back to us talking about depth scoring, that obviously being very big, so Burakovsky can go off. I think that'll help the ads a lot. But um, when I thought this question, top score in the playoffs, I mean, this is not going to be a bold pick at all, but I think Connor McDavid is just going to absolutely dominate. We're talking about a guy who obviously is still one of the very best players in the NHL, if not the best, who's playing in Edmonton, where his home is. So obviously, I think the other players are going to get a little bit of a benefit because 
their fact that they're playing in their home ice, it just gives you a little bit more comfortability. Uh, obviously, you don't have fans, but and as I mentioned, I think they're going to steamroll the Blackhawks. But um, I think Connor McDavid is really just going to go off when things come back. Again, it's not a bold thing to say, but I really feel like I could see him just take charge and really just make a name for himself in a big stage for the NHL. I mean, the Oilers, they haven't had a ton of playoff success with McDavid. They had that one run uh, when they broke into the playoffs, but I feel like this is a really, really big stage and opportunity for McDavid, obviously in a year where he also got a ton of help from Leon Dreisaitl, but he got injured and now has had the time to heal up and get ready for play. I think he's going to be really, really ready to go uh, and just kind of dominate. So he had a goal in the exhibition as well. Not that that means much, but um yeah, as I said, I don't think it's a very bold prediction to say Connor McDavid's going to go off, but I really just think I'm so excited to just watch him play because uh, I feel like he's going to be really ready to go and start dominating. So I'm going to say he's the top scorer in the playoffs. Looking at best defenseman, uh, going back to the abs here, I think Kale McCarr is just going to kind of go off again, big stage. I think he's kind of a player that could really show up for the abs to help them. So I like Kale McCarr there for the abs. Best goalie, I'm going to go back to the Lightning. I really like Andre Vasilevsky. I've talked about him in the past. He was one of my Tier 1 goalies. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to have a strong season. Obviously, they have so much good defensemen and so much defenseman depth as well. I really can't stress enough how big I think that's going to be for the Lightning this year. So I feel like that's going to help out Vasilevsky a lot. I really think he's going to have a strong year. Then, Dark Horse player. This is kind of an interesting one. Um... I don't know. I, I I like the pick with Donnie when he said Burakovsky, but I don't know if this is necessarily a dark horse player, but uh, one guy that I really, really think is going to show up as well is Jake Gensel. Obviously, he was injured for a little bit and was unable to help out the Pens. I like the Pens. I think the Pens are going to have a pretty strong uh, showing uh, when we get the restart. So I think Jake Gensel is just going to kind of go back to being such a dominant player in playoff formats that um, I think he's going to show up. Maybe not necessarily a big dark horse, but um, definitely Jake Gensel is a guy I expect to show up big time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair analysis, especially, um, you know, with Edmonton, uh, Colin McDavid could very easily uh, go off. But do you think the Oilers will be able to make a run deep enough in the playoffs to where he'll be like uh, a guy that could maybe make a cup run? you think the Oilers could make a cup run and he could like lead the playoffs in points? I think that would be wild to see considering I, I don't think we think the Oilers are that good. Um, but I mean, I, I think I don't know if it's shocking necessarily because he's the best player in the world and he's playing with Dreisaitl, who's like a top five player in the world. So it's like it's not too tough. Right. There. I mean, when I just look at the West, I think the West is just so incredibly wide open. Obviously, you have St. Louis and Colorado at the top. But after that, it's just such a collection of teams that I feel like someone's got to step up and make a push. I mean, Vegas, Dallas. Edmonton, Nashville, like none of those teams I really think are just going to kind of blow you away. So I think the opportunity is there. And I think I, I obviously I like Connor McDavid. I mean, I think he's got so much skill to, to put on display and the fact that it's in Edmonton, I think there's going to be a little extra push there from the Oilers. So um, I could definitely see the Oilers making a nice run. Obviously I have the, the Avs win of the cup, so I, I don't think it'll go all the way, but I could definitely see an Oilers run to maybe the conference final or at least winning a series when we get the Stanley cup format going on. So uh, I definitely see potential there uh, given that the fact that the West is so wide open. Yeah, and if there's going to be a year that this happens, it'll be this year. It's just how it's been. It's how it's going to go. You know, it's like with, with the COVID playoffs here, I think uh, basically anything can happen. And, I mean, if if the Oilers made a run based on offensive talent alone, it's like I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I, nothing would surprise me anymore. I think we're just at a point where it's just you're kind of just like, eh, you know, fine, great. Yeah, definitely. Really good questions there from Neil. That was fun to break down, obviously, as we get set for hockey. So uh, we'll move on from that, though. 
got a few questions this week from our friend Jam. So he's, his first question relates to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Shocker, Jam loves the Pens, so I know we've given a lot of love to the Pens here. He says, Pens in three. Donnie, we're both picking the Pens to win the series, but do you think they'll give a clean sweep to the Habs? No, I'd say Pens in four. Uh, just being realistic now, I don't have to mess with him anymore. Uh, you know, I have to make an actual pick that makes sense. Cause this is like, this is real. Um, you know, we're finally here. I'd say Pens in four. You know, it's like, I, I'm assuming the Habs will be able to steal a game, and I do think most series will end up uh, being four-game series. I'm sure we'll see a sweep here or there um but just the randomness is is so consistent um this year which is funny to say randomness being consistent but we've had so much consistent randomness this year in terms of just like shit that's happened and i think it's going to be the same with sports i think hockey is is a very random sport in general you have guys that can step up and have a night it's like obviously you brought up jg peugeot before we saw jg peugeot absolutely kill the rangers a couple years ago it's like that's a guy that you wouldn't have expected to put up four goals in a game and yet there he is and there, there he is just absolutely dominating and we could see a lot of that honestly we could see a lot of random players step up and you know put up two goal games when they haven't scored yet in their career like i don't know um but this is the year for it to happen right like i don't know yeah, definitely agree with that. I don't think I'm going to pick any sweeps. I feel like if, if you pick a sweep and then the team that you picked a sweep loses game one, then you're like, oh, man, why did I do that? There was, there was absolutely no point of me <laughs> yeah, you just making, look like forcing ass, yeah. a sweep pick. So I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll go with uh, the Pens in four. But, uh, yeah, I definitely like the Pens. We've shown a lot of love for the Pens there, Jam. So I uh, hope you're satisfied with that. But uh, Jam's got a <laughs> few more questions. Next one. Yeah, next one. This one's for Donnie. He wants your thoughts on Avisail Garcia, so a former White Sox. Yeah, he either has him on his fantasy team or wants to pick him up uh, from his free agency. Um, he doesn't know anything about baseball or very, very little about baseball. And he's asked me about Evisil Garcia. And I told him essentially, I just asked why. Like, I, I don't, there's no reason. Evisil Garcia, is, he's a good ball player. That's all I got for him. He's, he's fine. You know, he's like, he'll go out there. He'll he'll hit some homers. He'll, he'll play the field okay. And that's all you get out of him. Like, I don't know. That's not a guy that I'm like clamoring to have on a fantasy baseball team. Um, so, so yeah, Jam, when you listen to this, just please don't, um, you know, don't overvalue Avasil Garcia. It'll be okay. Yeah, that's fair. My thoughts on Avasil Garcia, man, I keep messing up his name, but as I mentioned, former White Sox, the year, one year Avasil Garcia was an all-star and the White Sox had an opportunity to trade him away at the deadline for like more assets. And that was like the peak value that Avasil Garcia was ever going to have. And the White Sox didn't trade him away. So that ruined it for me because the White Sox had bad management on that one. So there you go. There's a little more Avasil Garcia input, but. Uh, yeah, probably not a fantasy baseball player, uh, Jam, just just to give you my insight from from a fellow baseball fantasy baseball mind. But uh, yeah, keep keep grinding the streets on the uh, on the free agent market, though, uh, for baseball, especially with COVID. Yeah, you'll find somebody. You'll find you'll find somebody yeah. valuable. Like, you know, hey, I picked up Rose. Jacoby Jones, who it keeps going off for the Tigers. I have no idea what's going on there, but he's doing well for me. So there you go. We There's love our Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jam's got one last question for us, Donnie. I'm going to answer this question first, but he says, must watch movies. So the most recent movie that I watched, I watched one last weekend. Uh, listener Scotty G gave me a, a tip on a good movie, but he said The Prestige is a movie by Christopher Nolan, probably my favorite director. So shout out to that. That was a good movie, but must watch movie. My favorite movie of all time is another Christopher Nolan movie. It's Inception. That's my all-time favorite movie. It's confusing as fuck. If you watch it for the first time, you're like, what the hell oh, did I just watch? Oh, it really watch is. it a few more times, oh, and really you're like, damn, this is, this is a good-ass movie. So Inception's my top pick, so there you go. There's my must-watch movie. But Donnie, let's hear about yours. You know, if I had to pick one, it would either be one of the classic Will Ferrell movies. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's not Christmas time yet, but obviously Elf is a classic. Um, but yeah, just go watch Step Brothers or something like that. Um, if, if you want something a little bit more recent, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, probably my favorite movie of all time. I just think it's funny. Um, you know, a, a lot of fuckery goes on. That's what we're looking for. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, 
you know, Inception would not have been my first choice. It's a great movie. Uh, I think I've watched it three times. I still have no idea how, like, what happened. Um, but you know, we'll get there one of these days. Um, but I, I do know Inception is considered like one of the best movies of all time, at least in recent history. So uh, probably not a bad choice. But yeah, I'd go with something more comedic. Um, you know, something that'll get some laughs out of you. Um, find a classic Will Ferrell movie or something like that. You'll be fine. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, great movie. Watched that with Donnie when we were hanging out last summer in Colorado. So good looks there. And then, yeah, Inception. If you listen to the last podcast, you know I'm a fucking time traveler or some shit. So Inception, that's my shit. So uh, good stuff there. But thanks for all those uh, questions, Jim. Just the worst edit of all time, pens. really. Listening to that, listening to that back was <laughs> I'm just, just, I'm just awful, killing like, Donnie with all these comments. Mind-blowing yep. last year with, with the edit, last, last podcast. Just absolutely mind-blowing how stupid it sounded. But I left it in. I figured, you know... Um, I have enough respect for you and your beliefs that, you know, I'm just going to let it ride. We'll see what happens. You know, somebody calls me a dumbass. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll take it. It's fine. Hey, at least I'm willing to admit that I'm at least a little crazy. That's what I'll acknowledge with this. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. You know, uh, it ended up being good, a good listen uh, in the long run. So that's what we're looking for here uh, on the Rodeo on the Horn podcast. You know, so we'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff to everybody who listens regularly and heard that last podcast. So. Good stuff there. Got a few more questions this week. This next one relates to the New York Mets from our friend Sam at Exposed Cheese. Another question this week. He says, should Brody Van Wagenen be fired? The only good move he's made has been the Jacob DeGrom extension and maybe the J.D. Davis trade. So I'll start here. Yeah, I mean, the Mets management. Obviously, when you look at the Mets, it starts with the ownership. So at least they're getting a little bit new ownership. I know that's something we touched on the podcast uh, a little bit ago. But yeah, I mean, I'm not terribly impressed with how the Mets have done things. Obviously, the Edwin Diaz trade, that's a trade that Donnie and I talk a lot about. Uh, given the fact that the prospect they traded away keeps going off for the Mariners and uh, the minor leagues and hits a ton of bombs. Uh, Jared Kalenic there. So um, I, I definitely don't love what the Mets do. I feel like they just are always a team that are a middling franchise. So I think a GM change would be nice. But I think really the, the problems with that organization start at the ownership, which at least now for the first time in a very long time, you have a little bit of hope that things could change positively there. Yeah, I mean, assuming a sale is made, um, you know, which it looks like it will be made. Um, I don't know necessarily if Brody needs to be fired, but that trade, um, the Kalenic trade looks like the worst trade maybe that Mets will ever make. Um, it's it, it, it's gonna really bite them in the ass Edwin not having a great anything really it's like the last year and change has just been awful um, you kind of expected him to come in this year and be a little bit refreshed and, and you know actually like you know, take a week or two before he starts fuckery but you know the second game he pitches he blows a save Mets lose a game and then everybody's back to saying Ed lose Diaz instead of Edwin Diaz you know it's tough um, Robbie Cano sucks and I, I, I don't I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Robbie Cano sucks. Robbie Cano is holding back from uh, the Mets having a very potentially dangerous infield because they have this kid named Jimenez, uh, last name is Jimenez, who the last couple of games has just, he, he's done everything for them. He's getting hits, he's getting on base, he's stealing bases. Um, he's commanding the pitcher's attention when he's on base. Earlier he got picked off, uh, or they tried to pick him off twice. Um, yeah, So he's in the head of the pitchers and they know he's got the speed to where he can make an actual, actual like massive difference in a game. A uh, fantastic fielder too. One of their top prospects, and he doesn't have an every night um, spot in the roster, spot in the lineup because of Robbie Cano. And it just it, it turns out like Robbie Cano, the addition of Robbie Cano is like the exact opposite of what the Mets needed. At this point, they need one more bat in the lineup that is just full power that can that can come behind Pete Alonso, knock in Pete Alonso when he's on base. The other night, Pete Alonso got on four times. And, and it just felt like every time Pete Alonso got on, something bad was going to happen, and he's going to end up going to the dugout without scoring, 
every time. And it's just how it is. It's like if Michael Conforto's not going off, you don't really have anything else there. There's not really much there. It's like are you relying on J.D. Davis or Dominic Smith to, you know, um, do, do your bidding for you? And it's not ideal. I think the money that's being paid to Cano and Diaz could have been given to somebody like a Josh Donaldson-esque player who, if the Mets have Josh Donaldson right now, I would be scared of that lineup. I would genuinely be sitting here like, oh, that, that is a dangerous, dangerous team you've got there. But instead, you're at a point where the, the Mets are like very mediocre again, like worse than mediocre. This could be a team that misses the playoff, even with a, a, a 16-team playoff, I think, this year. I think it's eight wildcard spots for both uh, leagues. And it's like, you have to look back. If if this wasn't a bad situ- if this was a bad situation, if they were having a bad year this year and we didn't have COVID, I think Brody would be the first person on the chopping block. Because I couldn't I can't see this team doing anything better than like 30, 35 wins. Um and I, I don't think that they they'll probably struggle to hit five hundred this year. Um and you look back and Kellynch is already in the top fifteen of the prospects list in terms of MLB's top hundred. And this trade happened two years ago, like a year and change ago where he was not a top 100 prospect at the time or very, very low on the list, and now he's like 13th, something like that. Um, this kid could, could end up being a 30 and 100 guy every year very easily. He's got the tools to do it. And you see teams trade away these players all the time. Uh, and I think we knew Robbie Cano was, you know, kind of declining a little bit. He was coming off a steroid um, a suspension and then, Edwin Diaz, you couldn't expect it to be this bad, but again, relievers are so shaky and so up and down. It's like one year you'll have a guy that has a point eighty or in, next year you'll have a six point six point three, something like that. So, um, you know, you have to look back at it. Like the Mets finally make a big move, and this is like the worst big move they've probably ever made, honestly. Yeah, tough going for the Mets. I feel like they have done some nice things. I'll give them a little bit of credit here. Obviously, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, those were nice finds, but. Uh, yeah, overall, I feel like the Mets just, they're not quite there uh, when it comes to actually like competing for uh, definitely not winning championships. So um, I feel like then eventually you're going to need to make a change at the general manager spot. But um, I don't know if that's necessarily imminent, but I do expect it something to be on the horizon. Obviously, we're talking about new ownership as well there. So um, definitely good thoughts from Donnie there on the Mets. So um, thanks for that question. Expose cheese, Sam, our buddy there. So we appreciate that. We'll move on to more question askers this week. We've got a couple questions from Scotty G. As always, great friend of the podcast. So we love Scotty G's questions. He says, going back to NHL now, uh, which NHL team has looked the best so far? I know Donnie and I have kind of dogged on the uh, exhibition return to play games. But, hey, I mean, the Blackhawks won 4-0 over the Blues in a game that means nothing. So I'll say the Blackhawks have looked best. But, yeah, I put zero stock into meaningless hockey games that count for nothing. I mean, it's definitely the Blackhawks. If you look back at it, during college football season, you know, a team that beats a team that ends up beating a team that beats Clemson. They're the actual national champions. That's how this works. <laughs> um, so, you know, at, at this point right now, the Chicago Blackhawks are the Stanley Cup champions. It's just how it is. The last team that yeah. beat the Blues. I'll, I'll if, accept that. Thank you, Donnie. If if the NHL season was, like, just randomly cut off right now, who are you who are you calling a Stanley Cup champion? That's got to be the Blackhawks, right? They're the only one that's beat the Blues. I mean, the, the dynasty continues. you got to love it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Patrick Kane, uh, the parade coming to Chicago. Obviously, it's going to be like a, a Zoom parade. So, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, raising the cup, uh, the, the virtual cup and, you know, just downing beers from their living rooms. And, you know, that, that's how it's going to be. But um, that's how it is. And, and so the Blackhawks are our Stanley Cup champions at this point in time. And you can't do anything to stop it. Um, so just just letting hey, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop you from going hey, on that, Donnie. So yeah. keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't put any stock in the exhibition games. I don't really care that much. I, um, 
I don't know. Everybody's rushed into playing these games anyway, so it's like an exhibition game could matter very little or a lot, um, depending on, you know, if teams actually got the kinks that they were looking to get worked out, worked out. And, I mean, it's like we're going to see teams like probably the Blues didn't work out the kinks they were looking to work out. Good thing they have a seeding uh, tournament to where they can actually work things out in games that matter but don't really matter. Like, you still got to win your series regardless of what you do in your seeding games. So. Yeah, good stuff there. Appreciate that question, Scott. Next one he's got for us. Who's the worst team in the qualifying round and why is it the Jackets? So just more dogging on the Jackets. Obviously, Josh, this is a shot at you. Plain and simple, we're just going to continue to shit on the Jackets. But if I'm going to give you a legit answer, worst team in the qualifying round, I'm actually going to say the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I just I don't see a lot. I know we've talked about the Habs now for a little bit, but yeah, it's just a collection of the same line. That's what Donnie was saying earlier. So um, unless Carey Price goes Superman mode, which he definitely could. Uh, let me make that clear. He definitely could go Superman mode because he's Carey Price. But I'm going to say the worst team in the qualifying round is the Canadians. But Donnie, give me your thoughts here. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to agree with that. I just, uh, you know, I think the NHL is the best when the Canadians are a contender or very close to it. And I don't think the Canadians are anywhere close to a contender right now. Um, you know, obviously we've seen some trades happen in the past where they've made different moves. And then, you know, um, the Kovalchuk-esque deals that were just so strange and so weird out of nowhere that really shouldn't have happened. Um, and then, you know, you can look back at guys like Jonathan Drouin, the addition that hasn't really done a whole lot. Obviously, he's a very talented player, but he's not as talented as people thought he was. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Canadians just are, they're a team that doesn't excite me much. It seems like it's a team that could use at least two more first-line legitimate goal scorers or playmakers on the roster, and they just don't have it right now. Um, the Canadians will be a very gritty team, and that's all you're going to get out of them. I think, you know, Grit will, I don't know, you'll score a goal off of it um, every once in a while, but I don't think Grit's going to win you championships at this point. It's not the 1970s anymore, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not, and I know we uh, talked about it a few pods ago, the Canadian drought of, of Stanley Cup, so definitely don't think the Habs will begin there. But, uh, yeah, Scott wanted to make fun of the Jackets there, but we ended up making fun of the Habs. So I'm yeah, good with we'll, it. We'll take it. I guess yeah, shout-out yeah. to Josh. If we, I had to pick a second-worst team. The Jackets there. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a second-worst team, would the Jackets be, be that team? I don't know. Maybe you'll have to come in and look next week. Yeah, when maybe, they lose maybe un- unconfirmed sources we'll on see. that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like Ken Rosenthal, uh, he doesn't have sources just yet, but th- that's the report. That's what we're getting here. So, All right, that wraps up our hockey conversations and questions from Scott there. So uh, next one, it's not even really a question. He just said Jason Kipnis home run. So, I mean, yeah, the Cubs, I mean, we'll take it. We'll take our second-base production. It happened. Yeah, that's a fact. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, about now, yeah, I, I don't know what much more to this. add if you're if you're listening to this podcast not today, <laughs> which you obviously are. Jason Kipnis did not just hit a home run, but for us at time of recording right now, he did. So, or he maybe uh, he did. How do you yeah, know? Maybe, maybe, maybe Jason maybe Kipnis just keeps the home going run on, and it just yeah. happens to be at the time. Can't rule it out. If Kipnis has a home run every day, then you know hey, Kipnis hit a home run. Sure. That's how it's going to be. Can't rule it out. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Again, more. Uh, conversations that relate to what I talked about last week. Time okay. travel, but you know. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Scott. Next one. Another funny question and another question <laughs> that relates to what we were talking about last week. So now we're getting into our funny questions. So again, if you are listening at this point of the podcast, you know what's going on. End of our podcast. We just ramble about shit. So, okay. First funny question. He says, if you could have any condom company sponsor the podcast, who are you choosing and why? Josh was making fun of us in the replies, but we're not going to stand for it. Donnie, let's go. Shout out some con- condom company for us right now. If I had to pick one, do you, so the thing is here, do you pick like the big dog? Do you pick like a Trojan or do you, like, what do you do here? I think I'll probably go with Trojan. I think that's just, it's a funny name. You know, if you want somebody sponsoring you, it's like, you know, Rodian the Horde podcast sponsored by Trojan condoms and then whatever their tagline is. It's like, it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. We'll go with it. I don't, I don't know. It's like, if I had to pick a, a condom company, I'll go with, I'll go with Trojan. Um, 
You know, Rodeo, what you got for You know, me? I was thinking Trojan as well. Actually, humble brag, I have fucking Trojans in my in my bag right here. So, yeah, that's that's my flex. Bang. Trojan condoms. Not using them, sponsors. obviously. But really, um, a real answer, yeah. like whatever condom company is getting Sheck West on our podcast. That's that's who we want to sponsor us. Yeah, if you can get Sheck West on the podcast, I will shout you out the rest of my life in anything I do. I'll wear Trojan shirts around forever. I don't care. I'm good with we'll, that. We'll support your merch that is not in condoms. But yeah, get get check West on our yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's our that's our that's our message. That's what we want. So, bang, absolutely. That's how that's we do sponsorships on this podcast. Bang, check West. That's all we want. Okay, next one. More states questions. Scott loves our states question. Donnie had great conversation and input on all the states he lived in on our last podcast. So definitely go back and listen to this. But he says, <laughs> if you could get rid of one state and everything in that state disappears. Which state would you choose and why? For me, easy answer. It's not even close. It's Alaska. Alaska is literally Canada, okay? I don't know how the fuck Alaska is a state in the United States. There's no fucking way anyone listening to this podcast from Alaska, but if you do, you live in Canada. You don't live in the United States. Alaska is literally Canada, and it's almost even Russia. That's how far it is from being United States. Like, there's it's, nothing going fair. on in Alaska that matters. There's snow, but like, okay, there's snow in other states too. So, Alaska, you're out of here. Everywhere. That's yeah. what I'm going with, Donnie. Let's go. What do you think? If I had to pick, see, normally, um, if, if there was no sports going on right now, I would say Florida because I think Florida. Okay. Is <laughs> yeah. Florida could go too. Uh, that's okay. And we don't need we don't need Florida in 2020. I think we've hit we've we've reached the point where Florida is no longer something that we uh, require in this world. Um, but if I had to pick, I don't know. I'll go with like Maine. What goes on in Maine? Just like if, if you're fish, from Maine, you listen to the podcast. Can you like some give, lobster? Yeah. Can you give me like three things that that are like good about <laughs> Maine? Like, can, can I mean, like, you could, uh, there's a lot of states that are kind of useless, like North Dakota, what's going on there? They play hockey, that's about it. It's like, I have friends that live in Colorado that are going to Wyoming for vacation. It's like, are you really vacationing if you're going to Wyoming? Like, is, is that actually a vacation? I'm not sure. It's Wyoming. Um, oh, also, like, maybe half of the southern states can go, too. They, they don't really do much for me. They kind of just, they, they breed fuckery, yeah. too. Yeah, like Arkansas. Just, I, I Arkansas, really you can right go. Now. Arkansas, it's Arkansas. Come on, like you know, no offense. The only good thing about Arkansas is like Arkansas football. Sometimes, even that, that's, that's, that's a big a time rare. I mean, Arkansas football is a pretty big. Most out. of the time, they, they've been they pretty beat bad. up in the SEC. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, Arkansas's fair. Our Arkansas's definitely a fair shout. Um, oh, uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, this is totally, um, totally different. If you're watching on YouTube and you see me look away every three minutes, the Dodgers are on right now. Um, they've had run- runners on nearly every time I've looked over, so that's all you have to um, all you have to think about. So if you're listening, um, you know, just ignore these 15 seconds. But if you're watching our uh, our first video recording, um, yeah, I just want to watch the Dodgers game. I'm sorry, you know, it's like my, my effort in the podcast does not diminish when I watch the Dodgers. I promise. Yeah, good shout though from Donnie there. Yeah, this was our first podcast recording face cam. So uh, if you are interested in that, you can definitely hit up our YouTube channel. Obviously. Uh, I know a lot of us still like listening in podcast form, but we thought we'd give our listeners a little bit more variety. So we did fire that up for this podcast. So uh, yeah, bang, if you're listening, obviously we throw that in at the end of the podcast because you are a real listener if you listen through all the way. So yeah, if you right now, listener, you are you now know that we recorded our face cams and post on YouTube. So bang. But yeah, that sums up all we got. Good questions from Scott. Kind of just went on a tangent there, but yeah, funny. So shout out to Scott, obviously great man. So we love all of his questions every single week. We got one last question. It's from Josh. He was on our last two podcasts, and he is still talking to us about things. So here we go. He says, he's really just making fun of Donnie here. So again, I mean, our tolerance for Josh is so low. So fuck the jackets before I even read his question. So there you go. But he says, 
Why does Donnie insist that short kings exist when they definitely don't? If you're below 5'9", you are a child and can never be a king. Obviously, this is just this is just bullying. This is cyberbullying. This is not tolerated. If you're below 5'9", okay, last time I was officially measured at a doctor's office. I was 5'8 and a half, so I fit under this criteria, and I don't stand for it. You know, you can be a king if you are below 5'9". So that's bullshit from Josh. He's 6'4". He would never understand what it's like to be short. So, yeah, we don't stand for that, Josh. Yeah, Donnie, what what do you what do you just say? you know you know I'm a very confident um you know shorter human being uh I, I don't really have any issues like that I feel like Josh uh, he buys all these expensive things to cover up insecurities about his height I think he's too tall he feels like he's too tall uh, if he was our height he would have all the confidence and he would have great drip but it just he he has the drip but the confidence isn't there because he has to buy the drip to make up for the confidence. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you have to take an internship for ComEd. ComEd, not a great company to intern for, you know, really just wouldn't, I wouldn't want any part of them. Um, so, so, you know, it's like Josh, he's, he's just bottom of the barrel. And then, you know, it's like, comes on the podcast, comes on our podcast and complains about Wrigley <laughs> and how they're adding, uh, replay boards. And, and it's like, just, I just, I can't have it. I can't have it. So, you know, the next time you come on the podcast, you have to apologize, um, to me and Ryan and whoever else is listening who's under 5'9", it's like, I think I measure in at 5'8", or a little under 5'8". It's like, you know, we're short, but we're okay with it. I don't have any issues with it. And, you know, it's like, Josh, you can be tall, but, you know, you're still a Jackets fan. You're still going to be sad. So, um, you know, you be sad. I'll be happy. I'm fine with it. Um, obviously, you know, everybody else that's listening, I hope you have a great day. And I hope you're happy. But, Josh, I just – I hope you have a miserable next week <laughs> Jackets, honestly. I hope they lose 3-0. I hope, I hope they give up 27 goals in three games. I hope they don't score. I hope Pierre-Luc Dubois is after the game. I don't want to play here anymore. And he moves back to wherever he's from um, in Europe. And, and, you know, Torts quits. The, the Jackets fold. Um, and then, <laughs> then the Cleveland Monsters is, is the new team in the NHL. And then you have to watch your, your sh- shitty AHL team. I, I you just you don't deserve any happiness if that's how you're going to treat us, honestly. You know, it's just too rude. It's just too nasty for us. Hey, we'll we'll go with it. Donnie, obviously unhappy with that. We don't stand for the short slander, Josh. That's that very clear. We've defended the short kings on this podcast before, and we will continue to do so until really at the end of time. We're always going to defend them. They're they need our respect, and we're here to provide it. So, uh, good stuff there. Height doesn't measure exactly. heart. Height exactly. does not measure heart. They, they don't. They don't measure will. what's in. So here. you know, get so, that through your head. That's good stuff. Yeah, that sums up all the questions we had. Obviously, super excited for hockey to be back. Donnie and I are really thrilled, so glad to get this pod out for you guys. Thank you all for listening so, so much. We really, really do appreciate it. But, yeah, Donnie, any last words for our listeners? You can wrap it up here. You know, I hope everybody has a great week, and um, I really hope everybody comes back and listens next week. If you have any questions for us, feel free to leave it on any of our Twitters, uh, Rodeo at Roqueville823, me at Donnie on the Horn at Roth Podcast for the actual podcast um, Twitter. But yeah, I just hope everybody has a great week, and I hope you enjoy the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and the MLB season, and we will talk to you again next week. Peace, everybody. Peace.